Hi, I'm Amber. I'm a Reiki master and shamanic practitioner. And my website is www.sacredspacehealing.org. That's www.sacredspacehealing.org. My work is primarily focused on core wound healing and women's healing sessions, as well as inner child healing and sacred union work. Today's podcast is a brief look at drumming circles, um, especially drumming circles in London. Um, They're really the only ones I can speak about um, with any kind of knowledge because the majority of my drumming circles have been in London that I've run um, and the majority of the ones that I've attended have been in London. So um, what is it to drum? The shamanic drum is a means by which we are able to enter into an altered state of consciousness. Now, the drum is often used in ceremony, in ritual, and in healings, but also for your own personal use. So it really depends on what your intention is when you're using this drum. The drum will be um, usually uh, alive, as in it's made from the skins of an animal, um, you know, every it will it will be decorated um, with possibly feathers um, from birds, or you know, everything has a has an aliveness to it. Although you can get synthetic drums as well, which sound just as great and can have equal potency. Um, when I first started out my shamanic healings, I had a synthetic drum that I used a Remo drum, and that was the drum that I used in all my sessions. And I never really felt the difference between that and an animal skin drum. Um, but then I, further on down the line, I got other drums. I had a goat skin drum and I had an elk skin drum. And um, all, all of these uh, skins had been you know, used from animals that were humanely treated. So I was told. Um, and each drum had a real power. So when you used that drum, you, um, you're, you're summoning on the power of the animal to assist you in this healing or assist you in this ceremony. And of course, traditionally, our ancestors would have used every aspect of the animal. So they would have used the bones to make a, beat, a drum beater, the skins to create the drum and so on, and, a, and the meat to live off for you know a year or even longer. So we use the drum in healings um, if we want to when we want to open the space, when we call in our spirit helpers, um, the, the, the drum beat takes us into a deeper state of meditation and it allows us to reach um, a different level of consciousness through which the shaman is able to see into worlds that are unseen and is able to better see the sickness in the patient's body, in the client's body, and how to heal it, how to remedy it. And it also allows the recipient, the client, the patient to um, go into a deeper state of relaxation. In ceremony, the the drum is used to open the space, to invoke the power of the spirits, the ancestors, the helpers, the guides, the allies, the power animals. Um, But it can also be used to clear a space, to clear the land for psychopomp work, which is spirit release work. Um, and it can be used for, for celebration, you know, for, for joy, for community, for bringing together. So it's very much about the intention. Um, it's amazing. I love drumming. Um, and when I don't do it, I miss it. I think it's a wonderful way to create community and unity and harmony um, and joy and healing and, and all these incredible things. Um, this podcast, though, is about the drumming circles that have just exploded onto the scene in the last few years in London. You know, when I first started um, my shamanic practice about five years ago, it was really hard to find a drumming circle. I really, I looked and looked. I wanted to drum with my peers and I couldn't find anything. And so eventually I ended up setting up my own drumming circles because I wanted to drum with my community. And we did red tent circles and I um, did drumming circles with the homeless community at St. Mungo's 
um, and then the, the homeless community at Occupy London. And th those were really incredibly powerful, um, very instructive uh, moments in my life. I learned a great deal. And they were very beautiful moments as well. And now, these days, you know, you can't go on social media without being invited to a drumming circle somewhere. And um, none of which I go to. And so um, my main reservation about drumming circles, well, my main reservations about drumming circles are the following in no particular order. When you go into a space to, to start drumming, especially with your community, so with a group of people, so you're creating a really powerful, energetic resonance. You have to be very mindful of the space that you're going into and what you're going to stir up with that drum beat. You're going to stir up a load of energies and you'll be stirring up ancient energies, um, spirits, uh, those that have passed on, allies, guides, beings from the light, beings from the dark, those that recognize the sound of the drum and may not have heard it for a while, you know, you're, st you're stirring up the energies. So when you go into a space to start drumming, you have to ensure that you've asked permission of that bit of land. And if you have the permission of the land to do your drumming circle, then it's important that you find out from the land what ritual the land will need so that you are allowed to use it. We don't just go and pick any old bit of land and say, well, I've decided I'm going to do this bit of ceremony here. The land may not want that. The guardians of the land, the gatekeepers of the land may not want that. They may think that it's at odds with, you know, how they're running things. Um, you have to know that the energy of the land is something that can hold you, not something that is going to be disruptive. You have to know that you know, you're working on land that's consecrated, land that's blessed, and if it's not blessed, it may need a blessing ceremony. What you don't want to do is start drumming and stirring up all that's been laying asleep for a very long time energetically, which that energy is going to need to go somewhere. And it's really just going to go into people in your circle. And so what's going to happen is people are going to come into drumming circles. I see this happen all the time. This used to happen to me when I went to the odd drumming circle in London. And they come in very open, ready to receive, heart open, head open. Sometimes these ceremonies are being mixed with plant medicine or with cacao ceremonies. And they leave just riddled with entities that they've picked up, stuff that they've picked up, other people's projections, um, a passing spirit or two that needs to pass on, um, uh, spirits from the land, nature spirits. I mean, you name it, they've picked it up. And then they don't understand why they feel a bit off after this drumming ceremony. And they think, oh, well, maybe it's because, you know, I'm clearing or maybe it's because, um, you know, I'm having a healing. But actually, when they come to me for a healing, what we come to realize is that they've just picked up a load of crap from doing this drumming circle um in the middle of somewhere some bit of land where the land wasn't blessed the circle wasn't held and people weren't clean when they came into the space so the very first thing that you need to be aware of when you go into a drumming circle is where is it going to be and does it feel to you like this is land that is actually holding the circle don't be swayed by how lovely the room looks or the fact that you're going to be in the woods somewhere. Really feel into, does this feel like the kind of place that the drum is going to be welcomed at and that we're going to be, you know, it's going to be energetically clear and of a very, very high vibration. Some drumming circles are happening in rehearsal spaces, in disused warehouse spaces, in places that haven't been energetically cleansed. Sticking a crystal in the middle of a circle doesn't energetically cleanse a space. The, the places that we do this kind of sacred work in must be sacred. 
They must be temple spaces. That doesn't mean that we can't take a space that's disused and unloved and turn it into a temple space, but we must turn it into a temple space first. Um, we don't go in thinking, well, I'll just do the drumming and that will make it a temple space. So that's the very first thing to ask yourself. The second thing to ask yourself is what kind of drumming is this? If you're just doing like, you know, um, djembe drums or, um, you know, it's just kind of drumming for a bit of fun, um, then you, you're not really moving into something that's that's shamanic, right? But if someone's telling you that this is going to be a shamanic drumming circle, I want you to go on this person's website or find out in some way what this person's background is. Where have they trained? How long have they been a self-proclaimed shaman for? What experience do they have? What healings have they done? What rituals and ceremonies have they led? What circles have they led? Um, you know, really look at their, their feedback. Um, really get a sense of who they are as a shaman or shamanka. Traditionally, we don't call ourselves shaman if we have any level of integrity. The shaman is someone that is bestowed that honor by their community. The community calls you a shaman or a shamanka, which is the female version of the shaman. You don't call yourself a shaman because you did a weekend course somewhere. You call yourself a shamanic practitioner because you practice shamanism. You don't call yourself a shaman because the spirits told you or you believe that's who you are in a past life. Your community calls you that because your community are best placed to know what magic and what nourishment and what truth and what integrity you're bringing into the community. If your community call you a shaman, great, roll with it. If they don't and you're calling yourself that, then you're lacking integrity as far as I'm concerned. And my teachers, my physical world teachers have been very strong on this with me. One of the reasons behind this is that, you know, what's happened with shamanism and the explosion of shamanism is that um, it's, it's, it, it teeters on that fine line of um, appropriation. You know, what, what you never want to be doing is appropriating customs from other cultures without giving those cultures all the freedoms and the equality that they deserve and have been lacking for such a long time. So if you haven't trained with the Lakota or the Navajo, um, if you haven't trained, um, you know, with tribes out in the Amazon, um, if you haven't trained with the Hopi or the Sami, then you have no right to be covering yourself in an in, in, in inverted commas ethnic shawl with your ethnic dr drums and your um, ethnic beads and your Navajo dream catcher. Um, that's just appropriation of customs and of sacred objects. Uh, but you can get yourself the tools of the shaman if you've trained as a shamanic practitioner. And the training is anything between one year to three years to five years. It's ongoing. Most people that run drumming circles are not trained as shamanic practitioners, but they might have gone out to Peru. They might have, you know, gone out to Mexico um, and done a retreat somewhere and then they come back and tell you that they've been given some some rites or something and, and now they're going to practice this level of, of shamanism. You really need to do your research in this and ensure that the people that are running space and holding space for you and running these workshops and these drumming circles are genuine healers because if not what you're walking into is a minefield of energetic debris and that's just the worst possible thing and it's also a minefield of lack of authenticity there is no reason why a drumming circle 
can can sort of release the 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 label of shamanism and also release the desire or the need to hold ceremony and be called anything and to run you know cacao ceremonies or peyote ceremonies or whatever it could just be a drumming circle it could just be a bunch of people that bring their drums along their djembe drums or they kind of you know their traditional folk drums and just to have a have a nice little play together it doesn't have to be called shamanic but these days everything is called pretty much everything is called shamanic um because it seems to evoke something quite mysterious in in us and and we seem to want to run to it because we think it's going to be a cure-all but please be careful of who is using those terms how much experience they've had where they've trained who they've trained with and even if they have gone out to Peru they, or they've gone out somewhere to Mexico and trained with some teacher for six months to a year, you don't know the integrity of this teacher. You know, shaman are kind of, in the Western world, we've put shaman on a pedestal as these kind of magic men. But actually, you know, in indigenous communities, the shaman is a magician, a trickster. Um, there's a lot of rivalry between shaman and a community. There'll be a lot of curses thrown back and forth, darts and arrows thrown back and forth, you know, um, death threats. I mean, it's it's a messy, dirty business, and it's not necessarily filled with integrity. It's about harnessing the powers and the energies of the universe, and often the ego can get in the way and it can be manipulated. You don't know who's been taught by who. So please do your research. Please follow your gut please check into this person's integrity and really think about the locations in which you will be drumming and stirring up energies i would say as a kind of baseline you don't want to be going to ancient land you don't want to be going to places that are thousands of years old and have so many spirits you know so many dead bodies buried there basically of course there are this is ancient land especially in the uk you don't want to be going there and to start and start drumming it, it, unless you've got some incredibly strong space holders holding the space for you, you don't know what you're going to summon up and you don't know what you're going to pick up, especially if you have no experience of how to ground and protect yourself or to clear yourself afterwards. We don't want to be going to some kind of busy building that's a little bit run down. Um, you want to be going to places that are temple spaces, places that tend to hold a lot of ceremonies and rituals that are usually clean and of a high vibration. And um, you want to be going to, you know, uh, circles that aren't too big because there's going to be a lot of energies in that group, a lot of people releasing, a lot of people letting go of stuff, and you don't know what they're releasing. You don't know the kind of people that are coming to these circles. That's not to say that you don't want to build community and you don't want to, you know, get out in the world and and meet new people. It's not to say that, but you really have to think about your energy and how clear you're keeping your energy channel when it comes to things like this. There are other ways of building community with people that doesn't have to involve healing or the use of mysticism and mysticism mysticism and uh, and sacred practices have kind of become you know like a f- recreational pastime these days and they're not they're sacred for a reason you know drumming is ceremonial for a reason it's used for healing for a reason it's not for entertainment purposes the minute you start using it for entertainment purposes it becomes something quite dangerous So please think carefully and please tread carefully. And if you have any questions around drumming or drumming circles or anything like that, do feel free to drop drop me a line, drop me an email. The website, again, is sacredspacehealing.org. Until the next time, so it is and so it shall be.